It is Monday night, following week five of the NFL season. Uh, we got some news here today, so I'll send it over to Riley. Go ahead and kick us off. All right, so Rashad Penny is out for the season. And Damian Harris injured his hamstring. Don't know how long he'll be out. And Matt Rule has been relieved of his duties in Carolina. And the Bills have now reached out. Christian McCaffrey. <clears throat> About the Bills getting Christian McCaffrey. I know they got James Cook in the uh, draft to uh, fill that running back role, but it hasn't really done that. I mean, well, it's I just mean, his rookie season, right? We so talked. Like, go ahead. We were, we were talking about we thought this <clears throat> that game would be so far gone. I thought James Cook would come in. James Cook actually he had four attempts, thirty-one yards, and he did get a touchdown. So that it seems to me like it'd be less and less that they get McCaffrey after this week. I don't really see how it makes sense. I think I think it makes a lot of sense because he's mostly a elusive receiving back, and that's what most of their offense is. So I think them trying to get themselves back into the run game is kind of morphing away and going back to last year's offense, just passing the ball. Yeah, if they were if they were to get him, that's what I'm saying. Because Devin Singletary is pretty much an elusive receiving back himself, and I guess you could say the same thing about James Cook, but. I think he's more of a runner. Yeah, I don't know your guys' thoughts on that. I are. see what you mean. I just I don't think it really as much as depth as they have. I just don't think it really makes sense to do it. Mm-hmm. So the top ten, well, not top ten, the only ten head coaches that were hired for the twenty twenty two NFL season. Uh, some of them have coached before. Uh, about half of them have coached before. The others, ha- other half, they are rookies, brand new to this whole head coaching thing. So we're going to rank them in order here. And this is going to kind of be like, if we were to look five years into the future, where do we see all these head coaches being? <clears throat> so, you know, the coaches that we think are going to, keep their teams competitive for a long time and they'll be there for a while. Those will be towards the top coaches who will be less successful and more likely to get fired right away. They'll be towards the bottom. So I'm going to start you off with the bottom of my list here. And at number 10, I got Nathaniel Hackett, Denver Broncos coach. So far what we've seen from Nate Hackett hasn't been too good. Uh, The Broncos not showing much fight offensively and that's why he was brought in mainly. So Nathaniel Hackett, number 10. And at number nine, Las Vegas Raiders coach Josh McDaniels. Now, this is Josh McDaniels' second run as head coach in the NFL. Uh, He coached division rival Denver Broncos at one point in time. And that went about as well as this 10 years going right now for him in Las Vegas. So it doesn't look like things are going to get too much better from here on out for Josh McDaniels. Number eight, another guy that's coached before in the NFL and didn't have much success, Dennis Allen from the New Orleans Saints. Um, Dennis Allen was defensive coordinator for the Saints for a little while, then took over once Sean Payton retired this offseason. So far, the Saints, they don't look like the same team 
that they have been for the past decade or so, where they've been scary competitors every single season. Now they look more of like they may be going into a transitioning period, maybe rebuilding a little bit. And actually, I shouldn't say a little bit, because once the Saints inevitably have to rebuild, it is going to be a disaster. So then at number seven, uh, the guy who was actually coached in the Super Bowl before, former Bears and current head coach of the Houston Texans, Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith, he kind of feels like a stopgap kind of guy. He's probably going to be there for maybe two to three years. Um, I could see him, you know, just getting his team to win a little bit, not necessarily making the playoffs. I I don't think that um, he's going to go too far in his coaching career with the Texans. Lovey Smith is a good guy, a good defensive coordinator, but it's hard to see him as a long-term answer for the Texans at head coach. Then at number six, Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach Todd Bowles. He's also a guy who was coached before. He coached the Jets a while back. He actually got quite a bit out of that Jets roster when they weren't too good. Um, so far, things aren't going as well as they had hoped for Todd Bowles and everybody down in Tampa Bay. And with Tom Brady potentially departing within the next year or so, uh, things could get a lot worse for Todd Bowles, depending on uh, if they can find the next successor for Tom Brady. I think we can all pretty much agree on number 10 being Nathaniel Hackett. Okay. At number nine, I got Matt Eberflus. At number eight, I have Josh McDaniels. At number seven, I have Dennis Allen. At number six, I have Todd Bowles. Whoa. I like that you have Todd Bowles at number six. I think that's like the perfect spot for him. I left somebody off there, though. Can you can you, can you say him again, just quickly? Hackett, Eberflus, McDaniel's, Allen, and Bowles. Okay. Mm. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Um. So, I kind of categorize mine by how I think or how long I think they're going to be there, which, um, you're a lot of or. A lot of these guys you're probably not going to agree with, both of you. But um, at number 10, or 8 eight through 10 right here, I have through one to two years. So either they're done after this year or the next year. Yeah. Um, at number 10, I have Matt Eberflus. Um, mm. At number 9, I have Hackett. And at number 8, I have um, Lovey Smith. Um, I don't know if the Texans have found their identity yet. I don't know if they're patient enough, but I think they should stick with Lovey Smith for a while. But after what I saw with David Coley last year, the one and done, um, I don't know. I think there's a strong possibility. And for yeah, 10 through 8, um, number 7, I have Dennis Allen. I um, think he could be there for a couple years, maybe three years. And then at number 6, I have Josh McDaniels. All right, so now we do five through one. Oh, yeah, I'm curious. One sec. So what made you put Eberflus below Hackett? Because I think the team's terrible. Yeah. And I don't think that he's going to do anything to help him. Eberflus? Yeah. I don't think he's done anything. No, but Justin Fields is, uh, how do I say this, probably like worse 
one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. Uh, yeah, but he has talent. <laughs> you have to put that talent in the right place. You have to put him in the right position. Yeah, but I mean, <clears throat> how did the? I mean, the Broncos are worse than they were last year, though. Who, who can you who can you compare him to? What what other quarterback can you compare him to the most in the NFL? Justin Fields. That's a good one. Um, I'm gonna say Geno Smith. Geno Smith. I think their their career trajectories are gonna be similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think you need to get an offensive guy in there with, to help out. Not necessarily a head coach, but some sort of quarterback whisperer in the building that can help out Fields before it's too late, or help out the next guy. Right, and the front office. Um, don't even get me started on that. Like they've done nothing to support him. They're Darnell Mooney. <clears throat> that's it. That's I'm the sure. only receiving threat. And Cole is it Cole Komet? Their tight end. Yeah, he's he's decent, but he hasn't been getting a lot of targets. Insert quote of Ryan Poles saying, we're going to take the North and never give it back. Well, he's got a ways to go before he takes the North. All right, number five, you guys already put him on your list, but I'm a little bit higher on Matt Eberflus. I think he, uh, what we've seen so far, he's got his guys playing hard. They've been pretty much in every game other than the Green Bay game. They were not so good in that one. Um I think Iverflus could benefit from, like I just said, having some sort of offensive guy in the building to help out with the development of the offense in some way. Um, I don't think he's done too bad of a job with what he was handed so far. I mean, he's got the Bears at 2-3 and three record, so I think that he can only build off of what he's done so far. And number four, I got Mike, McDan- Mike McDaniel. Um, so far he's been all right coaching the Miami Dolphins. They've been a little up and down at times, especially with their quarterback situation. I think he can have a decent career as their head coach. I don't know exactly how far he can take them, but so far he looks to be doing okay. So I have a feeling he'll kind of be middle of the pack when it comes to coaches in the next five to 10 years. And then at number three, Another Super Bowl winning head coach, Jacksonville Jaguars head coach, Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson's got a lot out of Trevor Lawrence already. Uh, Jaguars have already kind of performed better than people thought they would. Mm -hmm. They're right now currently in the race for first place in the division. And the way it looks, it looks like they're going to be doing that for quite a while. So I think Doug Peterson's the kind of guy that he can develop Trevor Lawrence and Barring a catastrophic injury to Lawrence, I have a feeling Peterson will be there for the next five to seven years. At number two, actually number one and number two, I have these guys tied. Okay. Because I I can't really predict which one is going to be better in the long run. Uh, I tried to pick it, but I just I can't put a ceiling on either of these guys. I think they're both going to run the NFC for the next five years or so. Uh, and that'll be Brian Dable and Kevin O'Connell, New York Giants and Minnesota Vikings. I think both of these guys have stepped in. They've both done a, an amazing job with their respective teams so far, especially getting their offense. Uh, O'Connell's done really well with Kirk Cousins so far, winning some late comeback games. And uh, mm-hmm. the thing about Dable that I really like is he's he's made the most out of Daniel Jones 
I mean, up to this point, Daniel Jones has been bus caliber and he's milking every, everything that he possibly can out of Daniel Jones potential. And I really like what he's done with the giants so far. I've watched a lot of Texans games this year and I, I don't think Lovey Smith is that bad. And I have him at five. I think they just need to get the roster to be a little bit better. Then I have Doug Peterson at four. I think he's the right guy, and he's really going to develop Lawrence. And at three, I have Mike McDaniel. Yet again, Connor had the tough time with these top two. I actually have Kevin O'Connell at two and Dable at one because the Giants roster is worse than the Vikings, and they have, they have the same record. I think I love what he's done. I was really high on the Giants coming into the season. Mm-hmm. They're they're exactly what I thought they'd be, even a little bit better. Right. I didn't expect them to beat Green Bay this weekend. They did it. Yeah, that was insane. Oh my gosh. Five through one. Um at number five, I have Mike McDaniels. Um yeah, the Dolphins look pretty good this year. The whole team does. It's not really the quarterback situation. I think they could plug in anyone and still be successful. Anyone that can throw the ball past 20 yards. But um, Mike McDaniel's at number five. Um, number four, I have Todd Bowles. I know he was a head coach with the Jets um, a couple years ago, or I don't know how many years ago it was. But um, he, the, the Bucks aren't meeting their expectations so far this season. If it Honestly, I feel like they should have lost this game. Um, what, what was it today? Yesterday. They should have because yeah. they got – they got a call to go their way. Mm-hmm. That that rough in the passer call that could be a whole other argument, but I mean, he he has he knows how to run a defense. I don't know about a team, but he can run a good defense. Um, he does have a very good stacked team, so we'll see what he can do with that. Um, at number three, I have Kevin O'Connell. I think he's a really good head coach. I think he's got a lot of learning to do. There's some moments against the Bears where I feel like they kind of almost blew the game and let the Bears back in it. I don't know whether that whether or not that was out of his control or not. Um but I feel like he could have found ways to be more careful and um what's the word I'm looking for? Um conservative with the ball. Whether you like it at the end whether you like to be conservative or not at the end of the game, I feel like he could have protected the ball a little better. Um, as as a form of communication with his players. Um, number two, I have Doug Peterson, Super Bowl winning coach in Philadelphia. Oh, uh, I so far I think the Jaguars are a very good team. Um, the rising stars, very young players. Um, they have a lot to show, and he he's a great role for that offense, or a good coach for that whole team. Honestly. Um, and that number one, like you guys said, um, Brian Dable, and like Connor said, he's squeezing every ounce he can out of Daniel Jones and he's making them look, he's making them look okay. That's all I'll say. Trying to put that Josh Allen image into him. I like it. I mean, I disagree a little bit, but you know, that's why we do the show and so What's your point? So what do you guys make of the Giants? Do you think they stick with Daniel Jones after these first few games, or do you think they draft somebody? 
Well, if they draft someone, then he's kind of ruined, don't you think? Unless he, like, has that it factor where he's like, I don't give a shit. I know I'm the number one guy here, even though he might not be, but... I kind of... I mean, I remember there was, we had an episode where you guys were saying they would draft somebody like Will Levis, I think it was. And they and they probably could. They still probably could, whether kinda, he does good or not. I kind of thought they would stick with Jones, even if the season was a little bit worse than it's going now. It really looks like they could stick with him another year. I feel like because the quarterback class is so stacked this year, I mean – what the Seahawks probably be the ones to take a quarterback, the Falcons, um, maybe the Steelers if Pickett's not panning out. I mean, there's only a, like how many would you say? Seven, five, maybe not even seven. Probably like five the, teams that dropped a quarterback maybe, in the first round. Maybe the Lions, depending on if their season goes like last week. I just think did. I think they will because last week was a crap show. Although. Yeah. Patriots defense is pretty good. Patriots might be figuring it out. Like after the first four weeks or first five weeks, they seem to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I I didn't think they would this year, but even with like backups, wrong. yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Ramondre Stevenson is a beast and arguably should be the starter over Damian Harris, but <clears throat> I don't know if they look pretty solid to me. Yeah, Jacoby Myers had 100 yards and a touchdown. Very reliable receiver. My two cents on the Daniel Jones situation, I'm going to take him week to week. I don't think that I can make a definite decision right now on what his future should be with the Giants. Uh, His contract is expiring after this year, and the Giants didn't pick up his fifth-year option, so he'll be an unrestricted free agent at season's end. To be honest, I don't know what you'd do with him. If you bring him back on a one-year prove-it deal, again, maybe give him $15 million, uh, to try to prove it. And then I, I just don't think that they're going to be able to get the quarterback that they want because they'll probably have to trade up to get whoever it is that they like. And uh, if they make the playoffs, then it'll probably be too far for them to trade up. But they'll basically yeah. have to go from picking in the 20s to picking in the top 10. So that would probably require them ditching quite a few assets. And I don't think they're in a position to do that right now. After watching that game yesterday, Daniel Jones looked like a really good player. I mean, there were times where he was, like, magnificent. But then, you know, you got receivers who either run the wrong route or they forget to turn around. And poor guy just doesn't have anybody to throw to right now. But I think getting him some more weapons would help. I mean, look what he's doing with this Barkley right now. DJ Moore? Yeah. I mean, anything anything will help. I I think <clears throat> I think back to when the 49ers trade up for Trey Lance to the third the third overall pick. I don't remember what their record was, but I know they had to trade up to the third overall pick. Yeah. And I feel like that will probably be the scenario. The same scenario. I don't know if they necessarily have to go that high because if you look at past drafts, so you look at when the Chiefs traded up for 
Patrick Mahomes, they went from 27 to, I want to say, pick 12. Mm-hmm. And they only gave up two first-rounders and a third or something like that. Uh, the Bills did something similar to trade up to get Josh Allen. Um, then, you know, you look at the Bears. Obviously, it hasn't worked out yet. The Bears traded up with the Giants to go from 20 to 12 to get Justin Fields. I mean, you can do it. You don't necessarily have to go all the way up to pick three. The 49ers did it just because they wanted to make sure that they got their guy. But the thing is, is when you draft a quarterback, it doesn't really matter. I shouldn't say it doesn't matter which one you get, but a lot of times you'll notice the players who are drafted, the third, fourth, fifth quarterbacks tend to have more success right off the bat just because they're going to a team who's able to put more around them right away versus, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're going to the team that has the first overall pick, I mean, they're picking first overall for a reason, right? So chances are they won't necessarily have the infrastructure to make you as successful right away. Now, that's not to say you can't be successful down the road, but I think if the Giants get the quarterback that they really, really like, they'll be in win-now mode right away, and it'll be just can they beat up Philadelphia. Um, Someone, I know this is kind of, well, it's not really off topic, but I think Caleb Williams would look really good. Number 13, Giants blue. I think he'd look really good in that uniform. What are the, so I know right now we're still two years away, but who's going first that year? Is it going to be Caleb Williams or is it going to be Drake May in 2024? I think both guys are great. I think, I think it's too early to say. It was really fun watching Drake May the other day. Uh, he was kind of under under control of a defender. Defender comes up and grabs him right before the end of the half, and he slings the ball to Riley's guy, Josh Downs, for a touchdown. <laughs> what do you think, Riley? Who do you think uh, would be a good candidate for, for a Giants replacement at quarterback? Hmm. If you had to take an external candidate, that's not Daniel Jones. I mean, you said good things about Will Levis, so probably him. I still, I still think they should stick with Jones, but yeah, that's who I'd probably. And the, I, after this year, I think the whole Jimmy Garoppolo. I know we were so high on Jimmy Garoppolo going to the Giants, but after you guys this were, year, I think he's kind of done. I think he's still doing okay. I mean, he's got his team still winning games mm-hmm. the last couple of games that he's played. Yeah, he had a bad game against the Broncos, but that was it's kind of a warm-up game for him. Right. I mean, only second game, and he had only got the playbook like two weeks earlier. Mm-hmm. So I don't know yeah, what to think. Wasn't it they didn't even give him the playbook at Yeah, all? They, they just kind of – they thought they were going to trade him, so at practice they just kind of had him throwing balls off to the side, and they're like, "Yeah, no, 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 you don't get the playbook because you're getting traded." He was practicing like two fields over. Yeah, that's just that's a situation that I'll I'll never drop. I mean, they totally screwed up that situation, and my fear for Daniel Jones is that he'll kind of be like. <clears throat> Um, kind of like what the the Panthers have been or what 
Washington has been or Denver where they've never really been able to pick a quarterback high enough because they've never picked too high because they're not they're not bad enough to get the low pick but they're also not good enough to the point where you feel good about their quarterback options mm-hmm. so I'm kind of worried that if they if they get Daniel Jones on another year contract or really anybody who's a veteran chances are they're bringing in somebody who's not like they're not going to be amazing so I feel like if they bring in really anybody it's going to be a year-to-year thing maybe similar to what the Colts are doing but I kind of think you just bite the bullet and you go out and trade whatever you have to get to get up to I don't know the top 10 to pick your guy at quarterback right so my clown of the week for this Monday episode is going to be myself. <laughs> Reason being, if you go back and you watch after the week one episode uh, where, where we were overreacting to teams and their success or lack thereof from week one, I, uh, I pronounced the Dallas Cowboys dead after one week because Dak Prescott went down with an injury and I didn't think Cooper Rush would get him past five or six wins. Well, they already have four right now after beating Los Angeles yesterday. So shame on me. I'm owning up to it and I got to go back and look at the film and, and be better next time. So I am my own clone of the week for this week. Well, I'm glad you're, putting shame on your face but I have a real clown of the week that is kind of a national controversy right now going throughout the league and it's the NFL officiating crew that officiated the Buccaneers and the um, Atlanta Falcons and I think we all know what I'm talking about when I say the roughing the passer calls need to stop and what I mean is the one play that was the game-changing play where the defensive tackle for Atlanta sacked Tom Brady, sacked Tom Brady, and they called it roughing the passer. He, he didn't even put all of his body weight on him. He didn't land on top of him or anything. He grabbed him up and swung him to the ground, kind of like you're laying next to your wife in bed. The exact way that you can imagine it in your head. He was laying right next to him. He wasn't on top of him. Didn't put any weight on him, any pressure on him. He just wrapped him up and brought him to the ground. That's, it's football. Come on. And ultimately, that costed the Falcons the game. You can argue about that. But um, the Falcons were coming back, and that kind of cost them the game. So, Clown of the Week's the officiating crew. So this has been the BCR Football Cast. Uh, This was our Monday edition. Thank you, everyone, for checking us out. Uh, If you'd like, tell your friends, tell your family, tell anyone you know that uh, we are trying to grow this channel. So we are on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, Google, pretty much anywhere you can get your podcasts. Um, So like, subscribe, comment, share. And thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time.